Hi, my name is Bailey White. My dad is Garrett J. White, the Master Coach Mentor. 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 <laughs> You're listening to Warrior on Fire. On Fire. <laughs> Wake up, Warrior. Wake up, Warrior. Get ready. My dad is about to teach you men how to have it all, and the best part is he is going to show you how to be an awesome dad and husband. My dad is awesome. Can I get my $100 now? <laughs> got a message from another man who sent in a, a message based upon this episode number two when we were talking about the code of be real, get raw, stay relevant with a ruthless commitment to big-ass results today. And we discussed that in episode two. If you missed that, go back and listen to it. And he said, Garrett, man, I feel like I have a bomb strapped to my chest most of the time. Tick, tick, tick. I feel like I should be further along at this point in my life, mainly related to my business production. I can't turn it off. If I have what I deem a successful day, i.e. I got shit done, drove revenue, etc., then the ticks slow down. If I have what I deem an unsuccessful day, i.e. distracted, drama, staff issues, etc., then the ticks speed up and get louder. But no matter what, the ticks are there. And it takes me away from the present. I can't enjoy anything. And it's absolutely draining my energy. What is this shit? Many of you will say to meditate. I haven't missed a day in months. And I also float once a week. I'm doing the fucking work, but this shit's killing me. Help me out. Brother, I get it, and what I'm going to have you consider is this, that the tick and the tick and the tick and the talk that you feel inside, man, it's the ticking of the calling. It's the ticking of the calling. There are hundreds and thousands of entrepreneurs around the world who are beginning to feel this tick. Your influence and your power and your understanding with marketing, sales, systems, and integration and management leadership of people that you've utilized for years and years and even decades in the business world is being called forth now to join up and unify in a warrior message of awakening. To share the concepts and principles and skill sets that we learned in business and translating those into the conversation of awakening. We're not guys who are out building ministries. We're guys who are businessmen who feel called to change the game of life. We know that this message is going to serve a lot. Half the reviews that we have are coming in from women. Most of the messages we're getting day-to-day since the launch of Warrior on Fire are from women saying, thank you, thank you for showing up for men. Thank you for having a conversation specifically pointed at men. Thank you for having the courage to have a conversation that seems to matter these days. Instead of the lame, superficial, scripture-quoting, Bible-bashing conversations that so many people are up to around the globe. Now listen, brother, if that works for you, I'm going to encourage you to stick with it. I'm going to encourage you to stick with it. Let's roll to something else that happened. So on the way to the studio today, I was behind a vehicle in front of me at the stoplight, and this vehicle itself had a sticker, and the sticker in the window said, real men love Jesus. This is what it said, real men, real men love Jesus. And I sat there, and I thought about that. I thought, you know, that, that, that's fun. I've heard that before. I've heard that for years. Real men, real men love Jesus. Real men love Jesus. And I thought, what does that mean? So I started to look at that, and I was like, what is a real man? What is a real man? Well, I'm going to have you consider that a real man, and a real man is a man who lives by a code. We spoke about in episode two this idea of being real, stopping the line, getting raw, being vulnerably emotionally available, staying relevant, clear about what you want out of life, and that the wanting itself is linked up to the results of having it all as an abundant king. Body, being, balance, and business, having it all coordinated and allowing you to move forward line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little until the perfect day, then what? When having it all is a reality for you, 
So I'm going to have you consider then in that statement, real men. Real men are men who live by the code. Okay, well, what is this love Jesus conversation? And this brought me over to, to really ask myself some questions this morning, which, which is really like, what is love? What is love really? What is the conversation of love all about? You know, we hear people talk about loving. We hear people talking about being loving. We hear people talking about sharing love and what it means for them. And that I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my life. I love my job. I have a friend of mine that just published a book called Love Your Life. And I thought, well, what does this word love mean? And my mind was immediately brought back to the Bible, to Matthew 22. Same exact section that we were just reading here in verse 14, but now down to a few different verses, a little further down that, that chapter to chapter or verse 36. And so again, these conversations are going back and forth, and these individuals are having conversations trying to trick Jesus. The Pharisees and Sadducees are coming in. They're trying to trick him up. They're like, listen, bro, we're going to throw a little side curve at you, and we're going to see if you can take this on, right? Let's see if you can take some heat here with my little trickery. And so they come to Jesus, and they ask him this question. They say, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Now remember, this was coming at him from a lawyer, right? This was like, a friend of mine wrote a book called Lawyers Are Liars, right? And lawyers were always trying to trick people, trying to catch people in their words. The whole game is a game of debate, right? But here he is, this lawyer, and he's, he's asking Jesus, trying to trick him up, because they, they know that if they can get him to answer this incorrectly, then by law, they can stone him. And this was ultimately the goal always with these Pharisees and Sadducees, these hypocrites, was to have Jesus killed. Now, it ultimately ended up working. But at this point, it wasn't in Matthew, 30, or Matthew 22. And so he continues on, and they say, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. In verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. 39, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor... And about right there is where most people stop listening. Verse 39, they leave the last two words off that sentence, off that verse. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So real men love Jesus. Okay, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Okay, cool, but here's a question I have for you. Can you truly love Jesus, and can you truly love your neighbor if you hate yourself? And brother, I'm going to have you consider, I'm going to have you consider that one of the greatest tragedies that men are facing today is an inward chaos and confusion about who they are an inward chaos and a confusion about what they stand for, an inward chaos and a confusion about what they've been called to do, an inward chaos and a confusion about how to even operate as a man as women are beginning to rise up in power because so many men have become so weak in their capacity, so demasculated in their intensity, so unwilling to take a stand for fear of the critics like David Seatack, 88, who rise up from the game and say, listen, you can't do this. This is not the way it is. And just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the lawyers coming to Jesus and attempting to trick him in the conversation or think thinking that from the words they're saying that somehow they are helping other people by persecuting another, here is the game that comes to play, and the question simply becomes this. Can you truly love God if you hate yourself? 
So the scripture itself breaks it down in the following. Look at this. Step one, love Jesus. Step two, love your brother. Step three, love yourself. Now, for most of my life, I was taught to take it the one order. But the order I was supposed to take it down was I was supposed to love God. Then I was supposed to love my neighbor. And then, and then, and then, and then I just fucking hated myself. I would sit hidden behind the truth. I couldn't actually be all of me. I couldn't be all of me. Why? Because I was stuck up in this story that somehow who I was was not enough. I'd listened so many times <coughs> to so many preachers who had told me that I was a sinner, taught me that I was unworthy. Taught me that I was not someone who was equal to the task, that all of my life itself was worth nothing, and that all I needed to do to solve this suffering inside, all I needed to do to deal with this loathing inside for myself while I attempted to love God and love my neighbor was to what? To simply love Jesus. And in loving Jesus, real men who love Jesus by default automatically love themselves. And I'm gonna tell you this is bullshit. In Matthew 13, Jesus is asked the question, why do you teach in parables? Why do you share this way? Why do you talk about all this planting and planting of seeds? His, his, his closest compadres don't get it. The disciples and the apostles are like, I don't get it. Why are, you, why are you talking in these stories? Why do you share this way? And Jesus says something as simple. He says, listen, I talk in parables. I share in parables for the following reason, because unto he who hath eyes to see, let him see and perceive. And unto he who hath ears to hear, let him hear and comprehend. Hear ye the parable of the sower, and he goes on to explain what the story was and the analogy and the example he'd just given. So I want you to consider that this phrase of answers that Jesus gave the Pharisees and Sadducees was also parabolic, that it hid the hidden truths. It hid the truth from those who were not ready to see it. It hid the truth from those even today who were not ready to see it. Master, which is the great commandment of the law? 37, Jesus saith unto him, Thou shalt love the, God, thy, uh, the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. 39, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. Now here comes the crickets. Here comes the crickets again. That's it. That's all the scripture. Nah, man, maybe in your version you translated out and somebody omitted that stuff from your words. It says, love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, if we follow this logic on the way back up, right? If I hate me, I hate my neighbor. If I hate my neighbor, it's going to erode into my hate for God. And I watched what happened to me and I watched what happened to so many men who continued to fucking lie about where they were in life unwilling to live by the code, unwilling <coughs> to live by code of truth, unwilling to be honest about how they felt, unwilling to be honest about where they were and about where they wanted to go and about how they felt about themselves. I sit with so many men day in and day out who from the surface, everyone's like, oh, these guys have got to figure it figured out. This is fantastic. There's no problem here. 
When the truth is just underneath the surface of all of the making pretend of perfection, just above the surface of all the everything's okay, just above the surface of all I have to do in order to be liberated in this life is to simply love Jesus because real men love Jesus. And if I'm a real man, then I love Jesus. And if I love Jesus, somehow by linear logic and default, I'm going to love my wife and I'm going to love my children because I love Jesus. And somehow because I love Jesus and I love my wife and I love my children, then I'm going to start to love myself. That loving the world is an outside-in game. That loving myself begins with loving others. And yes, I get the service conversation. Not saying don't give service. I'm not saying don't serve your brothers. I'm not saying don't go share messages with people you feel called to share messages with. What I am saying is this. I'm going to have you consider it as important possible for you to love God if you are a liar it is impossible for you to love your wife and to love your clients and to love your strategic partners and to love your children and to love your neighbor and to love your brother and to love any other person in third world countries or first world countries it is impossible to love another any further than you loathe yourself So, brother, I'm going to have you consider that possibly, possibly, possibly the gateway to everything that you've been looking for, possibly the gateway to everything that you've been searching for inside, that the kingdom of heaven that Jesus spoke of that sits within inside of you and I, right up next to the kingdom of hell in opposition to all things, that light and that darkness inside of us, that the gateway for us to true power began with accepting and loving ourselves. Now I can hear my pharisaic and my sadducitic friends out there already ready to give me some heat. Oh, it was prophesied in the Bible that in those days men would become lovers of themselves, boasterers. I get it. I get it. And I'm going to bring you back to one fancy pants result, my friend. You ready? Results. The reason why the code itself is be real, number one. Number two, get raw, number three. Stay relevant, number four, with a big-ass commitment to creating big-ass results today. The reason why I love number four of the code of the warrior's way, do you know why I love it? Because there's no wiggle room. It's results, my friend. It is results, David Ccat 88. It is results. See, the thing you can argue with a human being all day long, all goddamn day long, you can argue with a man about his opinions. You can argue with a man about his theories. You can argue with a man about his perspective on life. But what you cannot argue are results. By their fruit ye shall know them. And with an epidemic occurring in divorce, pornography, alcohol abuse, pill popping, smoking, adultery, you name it, bankruptcies, financial markets falling apart, we have a planet of evidence that shows that a new conversation is being brought forth. 
that a new conversation of an old message renewed and reborn today is being called forth to shatter the status quo and the patterns that you and I know in order to bring about a show of possibility in our lives that we were called to have. But in order to do this, in order to bring about a message of love to the marketplace, in order for me to truly be able to love David Seacast 88, and I do, bro, I appreciate your shit, man. I appreciate you sharing and everybody else that's a little bit on the fringe with this show, you don't like what I say, please give me some reviews. Give me some ones up on there if you're going to do it. That's fine. I need you up in there. Please have the courage and the balls to say something. Please don't sit on the sideline. You want to know why? Because I need you to bring some heat so it activates the tribe, so it activates the men who have been called to this. They need to see the contrast. They need the Pharisees and the Sadducees to show up in their persecution so they can hear the message that could only be heard under the heat and the pressure. So yeah, I'm a warrior on fire and I'm going to ask you to bring some more fire and I ain't afraid. I'm afraid of your heat. I'm not afraid of your scriptures. I'm not afraid of your quotes. I'm not afraid of where you go. Why? Because the men I've been called to lead are the only men that I am concerned about. The men who will hear the universal message, this curriculum of awakening through me, not because of who I am is special, but because the voice inside of me that comes through me is special because I have been called to do something of an ordinary man, which is to share a message and to open my mouth while so many others sit on the sidelines. It's possible, David Seacat, 88 that there were 350,000 more qualified, trained pastors out there to share this message without the fucks and the dams and the hells and the goddammits and the everything else that I'm going to bring up on this show. But guess what? For fear of men, they closed their mouths. For fear of men, they wouldn't speak. For fear of looking bad, for fear of not fitting in, they continued to preach the sermon not the way the voice called it to come forth. They preached it out of fear to fit in so they didn't have to deal with the criticism, so they didn't have to deal with the the feedback, so they didn't have to deal with the persecution to the way they've been called to share it. And in so doing, they stepped down from their callings. And in that place, a businessman who was minding his own business, building an empire, Doing my thing, worried about my family, worried about my children, felt called. Just like so many of you feel called. Brothers, whom the Lord calls, he qualifies. So often we sit around and we worry about what other people are going to say, what are they going to be about, and this is why the self-experience of you must be profound and deep. You must come to love unconditionally all of who you are. We had somebody posting in this question, this forum itself there, you know, what do I do? So many people think that I'm this, and yet I feel like I don't want to be that. I'm like, listen, man, you're an asshole, and that's okay. That's okay because there's a part inside of all of us that is destructive, a part inside of all of us that when it bears its face, it is what it is. It's part of who we are. We are not all light. We are not all in a game of perfection. That is not reality. That is not truth. We are not always productive. 
We have our moments of brilliance. We have our moments that aren't so brilliant. We have our light moments. We have our dark moments. And I'm going to have you consider, brother, that learning to experience communion with God, learning to experience communion with Jesus, that that relationship of oneness cannot be brought about if there is a constant story running around in your mind that you are a worthless piece of shit. Mahatma Gandhi said something. Quoting out of the Bhagavad Gita, Hindu scripture. Right there, even the fact that I'm saying it, I'm going to get a whole bunch of Christian people going to be like, oh, you can't say that. Oh, you can't say it. You can't quote Gandhi. Gandhi wasn't a Jesus believer. Gandhi's going to hell. You know what? I get it. I get why you're saying what you're saying. I get where you're coming from. You know what? I don't care. I don't care. Love that man for his message. Love Gandhi for what he did. Love the, the willingness that that man had to choose his calling. It may not look the way that some people think it should look or could look or would have looked. And yet I'll tell you right now, he understood truth. I've studied the Bhagavad Gita inside and out over and over and over again 15 times. It brought a deeper compassion and understanding from my life about who Jesus is for me and what Christianity was for me. It brought a third dimensionality color into a black and white conversation that made it so beautiful for me. But he said one thing. He said, be the change you wish to see in the world. Be the change you wish to see in the world. See, I thought God had forgotten me through my cancer. I thought God had forgotten me through my divorce, bankruptcies, implosions of banking businesses. I thought God had forgotten me and had stopped loving me inside of all my alcoholism, my drug addictions. I thought God had forgotten me, had abandoned me, had stopped loving me. I thought my brothers and my neighbors had stopped loving me, abandoned me, and left me in a ditch to die. And yet when I came to experience the truth and the reality, guess what had happened? God had been loving me the whole time. There was no end to that love. There was nothing, no condition about it. There was nothing I could do to, to be abandoned by it. And brother, if you're listening to this, I know there are many of you who feel like it is over. There are men I talk to every single week in the business world where things have become so dark and so desperate. And even though the money is coming in and even though the game itself appears from the outside to be straight inside the walls of their own kingdom, inside their own home, there's a hollowness inside them themselves. There's a hollowness and inability to reach out. It's been so many years. How do I... Gary, how do I love my wife? How do I love my children? Dude, please don't just quote another fucking scripture to me. Can you give me some real talk, man? Can you, can you just talk to me real? Can you let me feel, dude? Because I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of hurting. And I'm man, I'm going to church. Man, I'm even studying my Bible, and you know what? I still hurt, man. I'm hurting, and I'm dying. I sat with a friend of mine who's in our warrior programs, graduate our Warrior Week experience in Laguna Beach, California, big-time financial advisor. God-fearing man, God-loving man, but hated himself. Sat in his vehicle, his Glock in his lap, vodka in his left hand, drunk out of his mind, put the barrel up into his mouth, put his finger on the trigger, 
began to slowly press down upon that trigger. And I felt a voice say, stop. 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 So I'm going to keep sharing this message. I'm going to keep taking time from my family, from my business, and from my life to share this message. Because this message of warrior on fire is a message that I wished I had heard. It's a message I wished it existed for me. Because I couldn't hear the normal pastors anymore. I couldn't hear the normal sermons. I couldn't hear the same bullshit every single week walking into church service. I couldn't hear that anymore from the praise and the singing because nothing had any true power anymore in my life. I needed someone. I needed someone who was willing to step into the void. I needed someone who was willing to show the courage. I needed someone who was willing to take a stand. I needed someone. I needed someone to take a stand and to say stuff regardless of what the David Seacat 88s had to say. I needed somebody who was crazy enough to walk around and to speak the truth in a way that would shatter the way that I had seen life, that would rip open my heart and allow me to experience what it was to feel again. And for many of you, I will be that man for you. And I may never meet you in person. We may never connect in this physical space. But every week, these words are going to enter into your mind and your heart. And they're going to pour into your soul. And as we conclude this third episode, I'm going to bring a little culmination here to the message we started here in episode number two about this code. See, the foundation of being able to love yourself, the foundation of being able to be born again comes down to that simple conversation. See, Nicodemus was having that conversation with Jesus in the book of John. Chapter 3, and Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in again the second time into his mother's womb and be born? I mean, he's asking this question. It's the same question I'm asking you. Can you as a man be reborn? After 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of living, a marriage, maybe two, maybe three that have failed, children and businesses and all of the game that you've been called can you as nicodemus was asking jesus at that time can you as a man be born again when you are old can he enter into and can you enter into the second time of your mother's womb and be born again and jesus in verse 5 answered saying verily verily i say unto thee except the man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of god Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Number 7, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. So what does this mean to me? Yeah, there's a lot of interpretations on this one. Here is the one I'm going to have you consider. That to be born again of water, yes, could symbolize baptism, but baptism is what? The laying down of one's life and the raising up or resurrection of that life into something new. And that the Spirit itself is also referenced in Scripture as fire. And that the fire itself that we speak of here at Warrior on Fire is the message that comes to you when listening here. It's the fire that steps into your world. The Spirit is the fire and that the water is the cleansing of your mind to open your eyes to see something you haven't seen before. 
to allow you the possibility to exercise agency in a way that you have not been able to do before because you could not see. And from that place to allow your humanity to be and from that humanity to open your eyes to see and to allow for your full expression of your humanity to be born again through the fire that comes from God who says, I have always been here. I know that you love me. I know that you're trying to love your family, but please love yourself and with the fire into your soul, with the realness of the truth inside of you, the darkness and the light, the rawness of your emotion, the relevancy and pointed to what you want and having it all embodied, being balanced in business and staying ruthlessly committed to results. Then in that my place, my brother, just as Nicodemus asked Jesus, you must be born again. My life today is nothing like it used to be. In 2009, I had a vision, and the vision was that I was going to die, literally, in five years. And by the end of 2014, everything about the way my life was, was literally burned to the ground. The way I thought, the way I felt, the way I experienced my wife, my children, my business, my life. And in 2015, I remember standing there saying, oh, shit, I didn't die. And I stood out on my deck here in Orange County, California, not a third world country, not a third world city. And I looked out across the valley, out to the beach. And I thought, holy shit, I've been born again. And this time, it wasn't a conversation of salvation. It was a conversation of liberation. My brothers, I want to thank you so much for being here in this third episode of Warrior on Fire. And I'm going to encourage you to do a couple things as we head into episode number four next week and we dive into the core, the core four experience. And I teach you literally the practical science to having it all. We're not just going to quote some scriptures next week. We're going to talk through some conversation of practical execution around the code and the core. How do I start to live the code in my life day to day, Garrett? And then how do I start to create with the core? How do I start to create and have it all embodied being balanced in business? And what is the connection of all of these to one another? If you got value from today's episode in this podcast, please share it up with your friends. Give us a, go ahead and sign up here. Give us a review. Also rate us on how you feel the shows went and share with anybody that you feel can give value. But the one thing I want to remind you about as we finish this show is simply this, that the warrior's way itself is here to stay. This isn't some fleeting ministry born out of something that will disappear into nothing within a couple of years. This is a practical science that has been called down to me and many other men around the world who are being called to speak truth into the lives of specific types of men, men just like you, men who are ready to lead, men who are ready to live and experience a game of liberation beyond the conversation of salvation. Until next week, I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your morning, rest of your afternoon, rest of your evening. And regardless of where you are, if you haven't checked out our new movie series at wakeupwarrior.com, head on over there today. For the rest of you, this is Garrett J. White signing off. We're here for episode number three of Warrior on Fire, saying good afternoon, good morning, and good night. Love and light. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. Thanks for listening.